Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who's looking for an excuse to uh, drink on the show today. And I was going to drink some homemade gooseberry wine, but now it's got postponed. But I am learning to adapt to postponing situations. Um, but so because I wanted this aspiration, I invited the host of another uh, show on AM 950, Drink in the Style, Gregory Rich. Laura, I am happy to be here. Oh, Brad, thank you for the theme music. There we go. Look at this. Wow. As soon as we hear your voice, we got to play that theme. <laughs> it is. You have yeah. awesome theme music. Let's just listen to music for a moment. Is that oh, still yeah, up let me there? bring it back. Yep. Tell you why the day is sunny. I'm in love with lips of honey. Will you see the way she walks? Hey, brother, pour the wine. Alrighty, so Gregory Rich, you're the host of Drink in the Style, which airs on Sundays at 5 o'clock, and you're also the uh, founder of Habitation Furniture and Design, and so tell us about Drink in the Style. Sure, sure, and by the way, thank you for playing the theme song. I, isn't that just great? Don't you just love that tune? I do, it, I do. It's Dean Martin, and and I don't know why it's not like one of the quintessential Dean Martin songs, because yeah. it is everything you need from him. I was actually surprised that it's Dean Martin because uh, it, it's not a quintessential one. I know. I know. It's astonishing. But thank you for playing it because I can't it, – it's just a great show and thank you for having me – or a great song and thank you for having me on your show. And, and thank you. I've enjoyed your show too because I can learn things like um, the the drink jink, uh, Gin Gimlet's came from a guy who wanted to drink alcohol but wanted to keep it a secret, right? Correct. Ambassador Gimlet, the U.S. <laughs> ambassador to France in the uh, in the 18th or 19th century. Ah. And it was – the story is that he was a uh, Puritan. He did not drink. Um, but in France, especially at that time, they trusted no one uh, <laughs> who did not drink. So he came up with the idea of basically just having water and ice and he dropped in a nut or what have you just – and he told everybody that there was booze in it. No one questioned it and he managed to get away with uh, – with uh, uh, pulling one over on the French, I guess. But obviously he didn't keep it much of a secret then because it's Jim Gimlet. So. It, it came out – you're right, exactly. It didn't go to the <laughs> grave with him. But he lent his name to a great cocktail. And that's the kind of thing on Drink in the Style that uh, that uh, that we talk about. It's kind of cool. So I like to talk about it. You asked me and I ch- – sorry, I changed the subject. No. Immediately started talking about Dean Martin. It, it, it happens. But Drink in the Style is what I call a, a one-hour exploration of all things aesthetic, art, architecture, interior design. But we uh, do it all under the umbrella of our master of spirits, Mr. Dan Newkirk, who uh, is with Mercy Restaurant. He creates a cocktail in segment one that uh, we then drink for the remainder of the program. So by the time you get to the end of the hour, uh, (laughs) it can be a very colorful show. That's great. And the connections between aesthetics and food. I mean, I can hear my one friend said food must look beautiful and the whole making food look beautiful and how, you know, presenting that, that aesthetics. Eat with your eyes. It's true. I mean, the more, I mean, the, to the negative aspect, that's why, you know, mass producers of food do horrible things like add coloration to their steaks um, and all this other stuff because what you see is going to affect what you perceive once you put it in your mouth, right? Right. It's so cheddar cheese. Cheddar cheese is not orange. Cheddar cheese is not orange <laughs> and American cheese is not cheese. <laughs> OK. So now we're going to make – so uh, Dan Newkirk, uh, master of spirits. Well, before we get into the spirits uh, scenario, just to kind of touch base when you were just talking about, a uh, few – quite a few ex-girlfriends ago. Uh, took her out to dinner one time. So that's like two months, by the way, right? It was a while ago. Uh, <laughs> we were eating, and I was telling her about the food because she didn't really get it, what we were doing. And she goes, she looks me in the eyes and goes, I wish you looked at me the way you looked at food. Needless <laughs> <laughs> to say, it was, it was almost over with after that point. <laughs> and so, you looked up and said, did you say something? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Okay, so what you do on your show is is you always have a drink that you make, and um, I had brought some gooseberries wines, and you had a fantastic idea of what to do with my homemade gooseberry wine. What was that? Yeah, so the uh, it's it's apérol spritz season, or just a spritzer of any any sort, where you're keeping it low ABV, uh, you know, something you can drink a few of on a, a summer's day, and just be fine, uh, just be a little bit light, lighter in your loafers, I guess you could say, and uh, so. Th- 
the fact that it's a low ABV because you're, you're – so I, I tested it out. Uh, your gooseberry wine is coming in at 17 percent, which is exactly uh, how much they're allowed to make wine go to be alcohol. Oh, so my gooseberry – my homemade gooseberry wine is as strong as goose, homemade wine can be? Or? I think it's a little stronger, but that's how my, my gauge went up to, actually. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Laura. I, yeah, it's, it's like hooch in, in a good way. Um, yeah, pr- but you prison, tested it. Prison inmates everywhere would love you. Um, but that being said, so it's still not too high ABV to free. Uh, so on the next segment, we get together when I do the gooseberry wine. I'm going to make ice cubes out of it. And okay. as it sits in a, uh, a spritz of the sort, whatever we decide to make that day, uh, the drink will develop and change and mature as you go on. Or – or if you're like Mr. Rich over here, you might need another one to get that whole full flavor shot there. <laughs> yeah, probably. And Brett, you tried a little bit of the gooseberry wine, right? Yeah, we did a little before. Yeah, all three of us did really good. Uh, cool. I, yeah. I actually didn't think it turned too well. I mean, I, the, the whole hooch thing kind of resonates. We're going to make it beautiful. We're going to make it beautiful. Yeah. And But these are gooseberries that we've been growing for 35 years. And uh, someone said, oh, isn't that hard to do all that permaculture? And it's like, what's harder, growing a tree or grass in the yard? I mean – Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, so planting this permaculture is, I mean, you can do so many wonderful things other than make homemade wine. But now my rant, I'm going to stop ranting. <laughs> no, <laughs> we get I, to the I want to go back, though. I can't wait for the for the ice cubes and the gooseberry because one of the things that Dan pointed out was it's not going to freeze as solid as a cube, right? So it's going to be right. kind of like a, a soft cube that's going to dilute. And a lot faster than a regular ice cube will. If you put it in a spritz or something where you've got the bubbles because a spritz is Aperol, which is a liqueur. Uh, essentially, is it an aperitif or a liqueur? Whatever, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, with technic- is there a difference? No, there is a difference, but we'll keep going. All right, <laughs> breaking down <laughs> to the minutia. Um, but that is going to, to to release the stuff. So I cannot wait. And 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 Dan was going to make a cocktail for you right away with it. But when he came up with the idea of the ice cube, that ice cube is fantastic. You must do it. So I must we, do it. We will fo- we will feature on drinking the style that cocktail and have you on as well. Awesome. And I think we're getting time to get your drink because you've got another one in mind for us today. And this is what you normally do on your show. So what's in mind today? So today uh, we're representing Mill Valley Kitchen out in St. Louis Park. Uh, and we're going with the Dill Caprinha. Uh, Caprinha is the national drink of, uh, I'm sorry, of, of Brazil. Uh, and cachaça is usually what it's made with. But being the fact that we're from Minnesota, uh, we're using a Dill Aquavit. Uh, Aquavit's made from Gamaliol, which is out of Parallel 45 in New Richmond, Wisconsin. Um, it tastes like summer in a glass, and I'm really excited for you to try it. And mm-hmm. of course, before we did try a little sip of it, just spirit by itself, which is, you know, how you uh, really dive into what you're drinking. Um, and I think you're going to like what the outcome is. And uh, so on top of sugar, lime, uh, and the dill Aquavit, I uh, bring a little orange bitters because uh, who doesn't like orange? Mm-hmm. Especially this time of year. Vitamin yeah. C. It's all about <laughs> vitamin C. <laughs> okay, so now now I've got to. So you play your music and start making this drink. Is that what we're going to do next? This or? is your show. This is my show. Okay, so we're going to play the music, and then we're going to start making this drink. And one thing I I'm going to jump in because I'm. <clears throat> What has been done with local food and local alcohol is so cool because we need to create the local economy and not just be all plebes. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's happening with beer and it's happening with food, but I want to make it happen faster. And it's 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 a matter of I, I agree completely. It's it's a matter of association with things that are real. This is my theory on why micro distilleries and 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 you know pubs and. and you know, beer uh, uh, spots like Surly and all those other ones. People need some kind of a connection to what they're ingesting and experiencing, and they want some some locality to it. Well, and I'm glad you said that because even I was thinking this morning, what, what do we think of when we say, what's the real world? I mean, it's like to kid, oh, it's in your garden, the real world. <laughs> I was like, no, the real world is like water and soil and plants and the people you love. Sensual experience of some kind. I mean, you know, we could go down a whole hedonistic path of, of just, you know, pursuing pleasure in life and nothing else, which is not what we're looking for. But what we are looking for is some kind of association to the earth and to people around us. And how do we share that commonality, right? Right. And one of the best ways historically to do that has been through liquor. And yet liquor, I mean, the other thing I'm going to say, just because I know so many people, it is... um we're having an epidemic of depression and anxiety, and so, I mean, there's a lot of sad stories with the liquor, too. So I, I don't want to be too trite about it because I know it also can be damaging. It's like anything else. I mean, there's danger associated with, you know, with 
abuse of anything. There's gender. Walking a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's totally true. Um, but it's like everything else. It's a tool. It's something that can be used and that used responsibly can bring pleasure. Dan is shaking over Ooh. there. By the way, we, for listeners of Food Freedom, in the first segment of Drink in the Style. Dan walks us through the creation of the cocktail, which is what he's doing. So tell us, can, can you tell us what's, Please do. what he's poured into the shaker? So uh, so recipe-wise, uh, it's about two ounces of the Gamaliel uh, Dill Aquavit. Uh, so when using fresh limes, uh, you squeeze a half of a lime into the glass. The whole lime goes into the glass. Uh, then you know, see the quarter ounce just kind of bump it up a little bit. Uh, and then the sugar. Uh, the sugar is going to be at one ounce, uh, properly brixed at 50 bricks, so it's equal parts water to sugar because everything matters. Uh, and then two strong hard dashes of the orange per drink. Uh, and then we're about to serve. Wow. This something? is fun. Right? This is the very fun. This is kind of a fun fun uh, little shift for Food Freedom Radio. We're partnering with Drink in the Style, which is another AM 950 show, which airs on Saturday, uh, Sundays at 5 o'clock, or everything on AM 950 can be listened to at podcasts whenever we want. And we are drinking alcohol at work. I've never done this before. I'm I'm 50 whatever something, and I don't know if I've ever had a drink at work. So, oh, that's funny. Well, but, <laughs> congratulations! I'm glad we could, we could do that. And you know what? Can I let the cat out of the bag? Sure. First, we're going to have a quick sip of this. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're on break. You're going to have to let the cat off the break after the next thing. So that's going to be our hanging tune. Is we're going to let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> In segment two, uh, this is Laura Hedlund on Food Freedom Radio. We are with Gregory Rich, the founder of um, Habitation Furniture and Design in St. Louis Park, and master of spirits, Dan um, Kirk. Newkirk. Newkirk. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trust Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com. It's Greek to Me has big news. They are now open for lunch Tuesday through Sunday at 11 a.m. That's right. You ask and they listened. Enjoy lunch amongst their new marketplace. If you can't join them in-house, make sure to check out their delivery services and remember them for your home and office takeout and catering. Visit It's Greek to Me on the corner of Lake and Lindale at 626 West Lake Street in Minneapolis or at www.itsgreektomemn.com. Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture. A single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. 
When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, and we're partnering with another AM 950 show called Drink in the Style today. And so, and on break, you said something. So what did you want to say? Because we... Was I, I was going to narc on you, basically. You're going to narc on me? expose you. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. You, partake, you partook in the, in the drink in the style tradition of having a warm-up shot before we began. So I just want Laura's listeners to know that she's already <laughs> shot into it and now we're making her drink a Kaiparina. I thought you'd make – I thought you guys would all laugh when I said, uh, but are you supposed to drink all of it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> correct. OK. So tell us about this drink. So it's just a uh, it's a summertime patio pounder. Uh, Dill Aquavit from Gamaliel out of Parallel 45 in New Richmond, Wisconsin. Uh, fresh squeeze. Like I, you saw me hand squeeze the limes on uh, the break to prepare for it. Uh, and then sugar, properly mixed, uh, 50% water, 50% sugar, and orange bitters. And you use – you always in your cocktails use uh, uh – Genuine sugar. You're not. Uh... Yeah. Well, I, I try to stick to unrefined, unprocessed. Uh, of course, there always calls for sugar, sugar, sugar. Uh, most times, mm. but with something like this, um, I didn't use unrefined, uh, just because this tastes the best. It's awesome. Cool. Can you make your own sugar, Laura? Oh well, actually. <laughs> <sighs> So, <laughs> I'm sorry because I was no, no. So here's it. I think almost all the sugar is GMO sugar. Yeah, most of it. So all, all of it is GMO sugar, and and yet in I, I did meet this wonderful Hmong family farm, and they were growing cane, uh, cane in um, Dakota County. So they yeah. were. So I think it's possible. And several years ago, I was trying to track down some non-GMO sugar. Now, if you find, I mean, you find the organic, but I was trying to find some non-GMO local sugar, and I could not. I haven't. But well, if anyone has any. Tips on non-GMO local sugar. All anything labeled organic is non-GMO. So there are non-GMO. There is non-organic. Um, I, I source sugar everything. There. I source everything online. Um, it's really hard to find right now. It's something people are becoming aware of, uh, but it's it's not really a thing. Like the uh, like glycemic index is what I usually pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite and the lowest of all the sugars is uh, coconut palm, which is really cool, but it's got the cocoa and it's kind of a bully. So I can't really use it for a lot of things. Well, and the palm for palm has a horrible. See the ethics, and that's part of what I kind of. How do we move to a, a responsive blood sugar? Is what one of my friends called it. Yeah, I, yeah. you're correct. Yeah, it's. <laughs> But anyhow, I think there is a way, and I'd love to brainstorm on it like everything else. But I, I was shocked to find these among um, couples in gr- growing uh, cane sugar, and they gave me the stock, and you know, we were I was, chewing, was on it. chewing on it. And, and yeah. so it's possible, but I, I don't know. But, but, but that's why part of it is how we can create the market because if we could create the market for locally grown right? sugar, you know. I, I mean, mean think of all the uh, – cane sugar. So I mean think of the things you could do with, with cane sugar. I mean cane sugar comes – it's basically like a bamboo stock essentially. Right. You see it. I mean that becomes a stirrer. It becomes a – it becomes a, a skewer for your garnishment. All these other ways that you can get some sweetness maybe into a cocktail or something else that you know is a marketable concept. Ooh. Ooh. Well, and actually, I want to go on because I want to make this the year of action. And I, so, how do we how do we become citizens of our food system rather than just okay, this is what the food is? How do we kind of wake up and say, what is it that I want to eat? Mm-hmm. And how do I want my eating to be in reciprocity with each other and with water and with soil? It's so important, right? And here's another thing that I love about your show and the things that, you know, that you stand for is that, you know, food and Dan, you talk about, you know, you love food, I love food, you know. We're both going to end up at 400 pounds by the time we're 70. <laughs> Worth it. Position. Yeah. <laughs> Happy 400 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Jolly. But, you know, you, you – you can come in and you figure out how to make food itself, not just the end of what you want, but the experience while you're doing it. You it's, know, it's the international language. Yeah, breaking bread with your brothers and your sisters. Like you can sit down with anybody. You don't have to have a conversation, but your expressions of the food uh, and the way it makes you feel—that's that's universal. You know why? Yeah, that's exactly. It. You hit the nail on the head. You sit down with someone. Over a meal. That's why so many meetings take place over a meal. Suddenly, you're both experiencing something that is sensually satisfying, right? And that's going to create a camaraderie. It's going to make you want to do business with this person, for example. 
that's what food's really about. It's more than just – if it was just nutrients, right? We'd just mm-hmm. all be running around. Well, I would probably be trying to figure out if I could digest rocks. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's, it's a shared communal experience. It's critical. Yeah, it's, it is really cool. So share a little bit about your food background, uh, Dan, because you said you're a foodie. So what do we mean when we say we're a foodies? What, what does it mean? Uh, I like to say food enthusiast. I'm just kidding. Uh, so my, my father's on a 17th restaurant. Uh, oh. he, he immigrated from Albania in 1976. Uh, and he started working for someone, and then I was born, and then do it, you know, S H I T or get off the pot. <laughs> so he's at number seventeen now, uh, all um, kind of in a row. He's living the snowbird life now down in Florida. Uh, but my dad was a chef. My mom couldn't cook to save her life. And when I was a young boy, uh, instead of going to wood shop and metals and uh, you know building stuff with my hands. I went to home ec because that's where all the girls were. <laughs> and it turns out I, I had a knack for it and I liked it. Um, and it was a really good way to pay for cheap dates when I got to be in my early 20s because I could cook dinner instead of having to fork out for a bill. Wow. And then my uh, – the whole, the whole family, like again, like when we sit down for dinner, uh, breaking bread, like that's that's where you're expected to be. Uh, and if you weren't there, then you were in trouble. And it was almost worse than coming home when the lights were already turned off in the streetlights. So, see, food. but that's a problem. That's interesting. You should go on to that. Do you mind if I if I Please go do. off on a tangent? Go wherever. The worst here's here's something that really is terrible about the American way of life and our culture in general. Dinner is the absolute focus of everything family oriented, and yet it is the worst time to have a big open meal. Hmm. Right? I mean, it's so horribly unhealthy as we're facing this epidemic of 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 you know of of obesity. Yeah. But what are the alternatives? The alternatives would be only breakfast or or maybe a siesta or lunch or something, which would be great. But we need some kind of a solution to figure out how to have a family gathering and yet still address the fact that Dinner is, frankly, a really destructive meal for our well, health. And what's happening with most people right now, um, and I, I, I've, I think this is correct, um, but <clears throat> more dollars are now spent in restaurants than they are with people buying ingredients. And so this whole fast food culture and not slowing down to cooking. And I've heard one person kind of say, and I think she had an honest, she had something, she had some truth here, is that we've made cooking so hard to do. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not as easy and accessible. That's why when I was at the state fair, I was like lazy good food because that's sort of I mean I like lazy good food on a stick. On a stick. <laughs> I was down in Arizona but, and there was a guy who was talking about he he runs a uh, a wing and booze uh, or a wing and jazz fest uh, down there. And I said wings that is a really I'm not sure I support that idea. What do you do with the bones? Your fingers are dirty. How do you drink? That's the joy. That's the brilliance of the Minnesota State Fair. Everything on the stick. Ooh, Put you're right. It. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay. So do you consider yourself a foodie? Uh, I don't, actually. I don't. I consider myself somebody who loves food, but it's a lot like my position on wine. I had my nephew once asked me when he graduated from law school for a wine recommendation. And I said, here's the deal. Here's my recommendation. Do not develop a palate for wine until you're 50 years old because all it can do is eliminate your ability to enjoy the only thing you can afford <laughs> or drain the bank account that would allow you to enjoy it afterwards. That's amazing. Do you agree? That's do you a, disagree? Absolutely. I absolutely agree. That's the best advice I've ever heard anybody ask that question for. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, that's outstanding. Cool. You're absolutely right. Right? And then I got I to – I know we're coming to the end here, but I had an interesting experience in Europe when I shared this with a sommelier at this fabulous uh, liquor store. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headland with Gregory Rich, the host of Drink and Style. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself but still works every day. 
So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Food nourishes us. We need food to live. But how are we nourishing the food system? Well, actually, we're throwing a bunch of chemicals and we're making the dirt dead and then we're adding nitrates to the water and we're causing dead zones in the ocean. Oh, and we're also causing climate change. We do that with every bite we eat. But we can create something different. We can switch to a regenerative system. And that's what we talk about every week on Food Freedom Radio. So tune to Food Freedom Radio Saturdays at 8 a.m. or anytime via podcast. Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, and uh, I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're doing a show, a kind of a joint show, with the host of the Drink in the Style, Drink in the Style, Gregory Rich. And on break, you were saying... You're talking to some fancy person about fancy wines, my, and they said, wait till you're older. Why? Nope. Close, yes. But my theory has always been on wine that, you know, wine is, can be extremely expensive, right? And as soon as you know good wine from bad wine and you suddenly start to pick out all the flavors and things, you know, the cheaper stuff – becomes unpalatable. It just seems to happen to everybody. Is this why you need to make ice cubes out of my homemade gooseberry wine? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not two buck chuck. <laughs> By the way, do you know why two buck chuck is so cheap? I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I'll finish with my wine theory because it's good. So I've always said that you should never develop a palate for wine until you're 50 years old. Right, Because before then, all it can do is take away your ability to enjoy whatever happens to be in front of you, which is basically happiness in a glass. It's wine. Um, and I've been saying that for 20-some years. And I was recently in London and I was talking with a sommelier in a uh, really high-end, awesome wine uh, uh, store. And I told him this and he said, how old are you? And I said, oh, crap, I'm 48. I think I'm 48. I'm roughly 48. So I'm getting close to the end of that. And he goes, well, let me suggest this to you then. You should have started five years ago. Realized that at 50 you wanted a decent palate and bought, learned about the wines and filled a cellar mm -hmm. full of affordable, fabulous wines that needed some time to age. Why worry about the retirement? 50, Just invest in good wines that you think will be really good. For the retirement years, right? That's a great – it's a solid strategy. <laughs> Hell of a sales pitch. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to take this jump. But I want to take this jump because um, earlier – I loved when we were talking about you know just getting into the real world and the real world really is water and soil and our relationships and we're kind of all in this condition stuff where we tell our little – transitioning adults that the real world is really scary and bad <laughs> and then we wonder why they're all suffering from anxiety and depression. <laughs> 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 it's true. It's true. You know, so, but I love this letter to the editor and um, it, was, it was in the Star Tribune. It's from Libby Bird from Minneapolis and she says, how much is enough for you, Jeff Bezos? You have one and 
Everybody knows it. I'm hard-pressed to find someone that doesn't use your services. Even my sister, without running water in the woods of Oregon, buys her stuff on Amazon. So are you satisfied? Or have or or will you not have enough until every bookstore, toy store, convenience store, grocery store, corner store, hardware store, and clothing store has gone under because of you? What kind of world do you want us to live in? Now she goes on, but I want you to just respect because I really think this um, AM950 is owned by Chad who owns only this one radio station. You own a furniture store. You own or your family is involved in independent restaurants. What does this mean to be part of an ecosystem that's also economically functioning in the real world? Wow. I mean it's the biggest – question I think that we have to deal with with Americans because you know Calvin Coolidge said the business of America is business and yet now we're undermine, undermining the fundamental part of what American culture is based on which is basically local community based commercial transactions I mean it's true the person right? to person experience exactly exactly I actually so you know we spend a huge amount of time talking about uh, on on drinking the style uh, about the benefits of a showroom and of course it's a furniture store versus you know something else but uh, the benefits of a showroom over buying furniture online and the fact that you know you can touch feel experience but more important than that it's expertise and professionalism associated with what you're buying at Habitation. So I know I'm going a long way on this, but don't worry. Please about do. I'll bring it back. Um, so if you go online and you buy a sofa, that sofa may or may not work with everything associated with your room in particular. But if you go into Habitation, we're going to find out what else is in your room, make sure that it works, make sure that it's stylized properly, make sure that it's a quality piece of furniture. It's not about buying that particular piece of furniture. It's not about buying the particular item. It's the experience that goes with it and the infrastructure that you support in doing that. So you can go in and you can buy a sofa for $800 on Amazon and you pick it yourself and it may work for a period of time. But that's it. That's where the transaction ends. So I've never bought anything from Amazon in my life and um, I know I, I – but – There are certain things. And, I shop on Amazon and I'm but, not ashamed of that. But, in the, but then the other thing I think about this is, is the other side of this is – um, instead of blaming the others, it's how do we take responsibility for our own actions, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and it's not, and, and sometimes, I mean, I was on a trip to the Dells and I had to go to the Walmart because there was a bathing suit incident, you know? I mean, it's so, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> Which will forever be known yeah. just as the bathing suit incident. <laughs> But, you know, so, I mean, I agree with you. It's not like good guys, bad guys. But I do believe that we are capable of creating a much better world than we're creating right now. And we have choice and, and we have agency. Yeah. And, and we're not just plebes, but we're citizens and how to be food citizens. And, well, and sensual and beauty and fun and human. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I'm sure Dan does too. It, it's, it's a matter of, and it's kind of tying back to what we were talking about soon, earlier, which is it's about a connection within our society. Somebody once said, rhetorically, what is the purpose of an economy? Mm. An economy exists to keep the poor from eating the rich. Right? No, seriously, think about this for a second. Don't wow. worry. It is a way to distribute well-being so that there is prosperity, community, and general ability to enjoy one's life. And when you take that away, when you start sucking all the resources into just one particular area, you create a desperate situation in which people do terrible, dangerous things. Hmm. And isn't that what we're doing again? We're taking away people's ability to enjoy their own lives. And when you do that, you create instability and you create danger and you create violence, which is why there's like this whole movement amongst billionaires to try to – to redistribute some of their wealth because they realize that pitchforks could be coming at any given moment if you reduce everyone to an Amazon warehouse employee. Right. Well, unfor unfortunately, the, the tie that I was just kind of brainstorming a little bit that I was <laughs> finagling a little bit, so it's a air appropriate. Uh, the translation I find between Amazon, uh, it's porn. Uh, instant gratification. 
Like that's really what Amazon's. <laughs> that's that's their shtick. Like you, can, I, you know, I can call up right now and I can have something delivered in two hours as long as it's in the warehouse, or I can have next day shipping. Uh, it's instant gratification. People people are so expecting of now. I want it now. Uh, and yeah, that's my translation of porn. That's the same scenario. Uh, you don't. You don't have to, to working. You don't have it. to go out. And you don't have to take a girl on a date and court her and or whatever the heck person you're trying to date. Uh, you go, you go online and wham bam, thank you, ma'am. You're moving on to the next thing as you just accomplish your instant gratification. That's what Amazon is. Amazon is porn. And that's a great point. And then and compare that, tie that back to what we were talking about as far as food becoming uh, an experiential type of thing. It's not just the culmination of eating the food. It's not just the culmination of getting something delivered to your door from Amazon. It's everything that went into that creation. And and that's what we need to remember as Americans is that we need to spend more time thinking about the experience and the beginning process. Process. Not just the outcome. Right. Didn't expect that to be great. No, I mean, I actually, I really like this because so much of it is a, um, life is not all about transactions. It's not a transactional, it's relational. I host a dinner party once once a week or once a month called Meat Club. Ooh. Uh, And how do you get invites to this dinner party? Well, we can talk. (laughs) So I get get a box of meat from Lowry Hill Meats. Ooh, we love Lowry Hill Meats. I get like seven proteins and I I just go, I go ham. And I invite certain friends over at certain times and everybody gets an invite at some point in time. But I, I tell people, you know, come over around seven. We don't usually eat till like nine thirty, ten o'clock, because ah. I want them to hang out, have a drink, interact, stay the hell out of my way, let me cook the, the crap out of this food. Uh, but eventually, we get everybody shined up a little bit on some booze, and then when it's time to break bread, everybody's in such an ecstatic mood. Uh, and as long as I don't burn or mess anything up, uh, everything goes to plan. But I tell people to come early, and I'm never ready to eat by the time they get there. I want them to enjoy the time, the process. So you guys know the the process. You guys know the classic movie Babbitt's Feast. No, really? Oh, (laughs) tell us all about it. (laughs) Okay, so it's it's uh, now. I hope I'm saying it right. (laughs) So it's this movie where everybody is like in this small town, and it's so something's going on. I mean, just things are really tense, and all this drama between people, and people are unhappy, and the uncle's not talking to the kid, and you know whatever. There's all this struggle going on in these families, and and this one woman wins a lottery, and she blows the entire lottery on this incredible meal for this community, and. Everybody makes up and, and becomes friends again. <laughs> I love that. I love the plot. I, I know. I was probably something from Seven Speech. Maybe see if we can do back a movie to my, on it. my porn scenario. <laughs> that's, that's called a happy ending. That's called a happy ending. It's like, yeah. And this is why drinking the style is so often just a long beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many different directions I want to go in. Okay. So, um, and I'm, I'm going to tease this. So, what's the difference between a broth and a stock? You know that? Yes. Okay, cool. What is it? So uh, a, bro- a broth is uh, maybe a broth is pretty much just sh- uh, salt, essentially, where where the stock is. You're, you're cooking down all the ingredients from the the bones, your mirepoix. You're sucking the life out of all the things and making it the you know the eau de vie essentially. Okay. So I had I, I was with a friend that was very fancy cook, and she always did these homemade stocks. It was just something she did every week. <laughs> and but so I was making one, and I had made the mistake of. I never leave the oven on or the stove on overnight. And they're actually very easy to make a stock. Uh, um, chicken parts, vegetables, seasoning, throw it in the pot, let it stay there for as long as you want, uh, at least two, three hours, right? Skim off the oil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. What did you say? Eventually skim off the oil. Eventually but otherwise, skim off the mm-hmm. oil. Um, but you don't need to do that if you're just using your leftover of your rotisserie chicken. So it's a great thing to do leftover rotisserie chicken with because then you don't have to do that skimming process. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I would yeah. normally – my mother always I, used to skim off a little bit of the I, well, oil. Well, I do lazy top. good food cooking. So if you I have like a little <laughs> – <laughs> I like that. I do too. <laughs> but anyhow, but the one thing I did do is I shut off the um, stove because I don't leave the stove on at night. And she wanted me to leave it on at 1.00. But anyhow, so then I, I, I – she said we had to throw it out in the morning because um, if it stays overnight, then it, it gets – the food can get sick. And so there was an article uh, from the New York Times on August 23rd, 2011, um, Bending the Rules on Bacteria by Harold McGee. And apparently this – I'm not going to name him, but this well-respected food writer said, make stock, keep it on your counter for five, seven days and – Really? I know. And that's really dangerous. That's just a recipe for botulism. Does, isn't it though? I mean yeah. that's crazy because it is you have crazy. live organic critters going on in that stock. Exactly. Exactly. And this was a well-respected writer that wrote that. And so part of it is this 
how do we have a fact-based reality too? Because that is just that's, something that's not the guy to that do. doesn't wash his hands in the bathroom after <laughs> he gets done going to the bathroom. Yeah, but um, yeah, I know that is crazy. But but I did find out in this article that if you just left it on, um, and and you keep it, the pot stays. Uh, maybe I should read these because it is so. Um, and you need to stay at a constant temp in order to fight off any microorganisms or bacteria that grow. Right, right, and it's like going back to. <sighs> Uh, it's like going back to it, it. There's no context of history. The realization of what happens if you don't. I mean, we've discovered all these things. We know what happens. You're going to get sick. You're going to get sick. But someone's selling cookbooks, telling people to keep stock on their counters for a week. Oh, tragic. <laughs> so, anyway, we're listening to uh, Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And with me is uh, Gregory Rich. He's the founder of Habitation. He has a show on AM 950 called Drink in the Style. And also, a master of spirits. Dan Newkirk. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really gotta go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human called the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They've built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and designed jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Just the Beatles just trying to figure it out, man. You know, that's all we're doing. We're being citizens trying to figure it out, and it's complicated. Brett played that. that that's not that a normal like track. Oh, was that a normal cut? <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. What? Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and in studio with me is the uh, founder and uh, chief at Habitation Furniture and Design, Gregory Rich, and also uh, Master of Spirits, um, Dan Newkirk. And so, uh, last segment, and we want to make sure we get in cast iron and good things to cook with. I love. Well, we left. We left the conversation. At the last segment. Thank you for remembering on, where we left. Right. I kind of need help. We are, despite the cocktail, well, Dan hasn't bored a second, so which would be my fourth today. Um, 
<laughs> but we left the segment on on you know basically irresponsible storage of food, uh, right? On the stock some guy writing a cookbook saying, "Yeah, just leave this stuff on your counter." I mean, it's just like we're which losing is, our center, which is terrible. But it did make me think about cast iron because cast iron, the beauty of cast iron is the seasoning, and the seasoning is leaving the you know to some extent the the, Don't the food wash. residue. Don't wash your cast iron. But the fundamental difference. The reason that it's okay with cast iron and it's not okay to just leave something sitting on the counter is that the heat of the oven or of the of the of the you know stovetop is going to kill anything in the cast iron once you heat it back up, and the whole nature of cast iron is to create a really hot surface that then you know irradiates the heat. In so, the so that being said, uh, in your showroom, do you have any issues? Uh, and again, I'm guilty for not being at the showroom yet, and I will make a trip soon. You are a horrible person. Correct. But uh, do you do you have a bias towards uh, gas stoves? Well, we don't do any uh, uh, any any kitchen esque stuff, but I do have. Well, no, right, but just in your business, in, in your profession, like if you were getting a re- recommendation to somebody, are you biased towards gas because of your cast iron love? I am. I am 100 percent. Absolutely, my so, house so has has gas. I mean, it's it's a pure form of heat, and the cast iron and so, so, so let's all right, erase everything else and talk about the joy of cast iron. So the joy of cast iron is – and I'll throw this out to you guys to discuss – is that every bite has a history of mm-hmm. what you've created in the past. Wonderful. I mean <clears throat> so I've been cooking on a, two pans, cast iron, 30 years on these same pans. Oh, I mean they're beautiful. awesome. I it's mean beautiful. it is beautiful. So, is it yeah. vintage cast iron or is it modern cast iron? Well, 30 years, it was vintage. Was it? No I offense, mean, but I it, guess. It, it, <laughs> it's actually something my mother-in-law gave my dad. My <laughs> Which is even better. Yeah. But the thing is, this is kind of fascinating because I went through this whole cast iron cooking phase Ooh. where I cooked everything in cast iron. I had the Dutch ovens. I had you know three different – it was great and all the food was fabulous. Um, but – the difference between a vintage cast iron and a modern cast iron, and this is so strange, is that modern cast iron like Lodge, which is a great company and you know, mm-hmm. whatever, um, creates their cast irons in sand-based molds, which creates more microabrasion, oh, which wow. is why some people who play with it and try it even after they season it are still frustrated because it's not as – uh, uh, stick free. That's that's why I'm still shopping for one. If you have any recommendations, I'd love some because I don't want the new the new style. I've been in in the market for a vintage cast iron. Good for really? you. I wish. Ah, I wish. How I'd much would you pay for any mine? <laughs> I, I, I don't that. think you realize. <laughs> don't forget. She wished. She wished I looked at her the way I looked at food. So priceless. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's worth. I mean, you just got to go to a to a, a vintage uh, shop of some. Kind. Uh, if I see any of these at garage sales, I'm grabbing them from now on. Seriously, and that with any and also Cornell, I guess. I mean, earlier we talked. Oh, we're only four minutes, but uh, favorite items. What are some of your cooking favorite items in your house? You uh, to be honest, uh, let's let's talk a few ex girlfriends ago. Uh, Everything you gauge time. By the way, no, I, I had a, I had a, the era of Susan. Every every, <laughs> every way every way I win them over in the family of the like is because I cook. Mm-hmm. I end up cooking the Thanksgiving meal and the bird and the turkey. So, the slap chop. You guys remember that animal commercial? I, was like, I still to this day love that little bastard. Sorry, I said oh, it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it is. So Brett, do you know what this is? I'm you can take, you can take your fresh garlic, you can take your fresh onions, yeah, your fresh chives, know. and you just hammer away in this thing for about five minutes or five seconds, I'm sorry, and you have a perfectly minced down cook it cookable ingredient. And it's so fast. And it's just easier to clean than the uh, food processor. I mean, imagine five blades and a spring and a handle in a cup. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> awesome. You just keep whacking it. It's awesome. And stuff comes awesome. through. I'm yeah. going to throw in like I want to throw in a pitch for Cutco brand cutlery. Ooh. Do you know Cutco cutlery? I don't. All right, this is funny. My mother still has her set from the 60s. It's this company that is uh that is fo- uh, 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 based in New York in Owatonna, I think. She uh, didn't go yeah. visit some timeshare cell, did well, she? No, no, no. She she does have a timeshare. <laughs> But the Cutco Cutlery, I'm telling you, was solid, <laughs> solid call. So Cutco Cutlery is this little Owatonna, New York-based company that makes this most amazing cutlery. It's got these the, – I mean it's, a, it's a, a beautiful stainless steel. They stay sharp perpetually. They sharpen them or replace them. They warranty them for life as you run through. And they are my favorite kitchen items and I used to sell them in high school. And I remember thinking like the – Back then, the quote-unquote homemaker issue, and it's only sold – it was only sold door-to-door 
back old days like like Kirby carp uh, uh, vacuums, um, and mm. and but I remember thinking like the homemaker cassette was like four hundred dollars, insanely expensive, you know, back in the eighties type of thing. But you know what? My mother still has her set from the early nineteen sixties. I still have the set that I used as my demo set back then, and everybody I've sold it to has always loved it. You know, and I, we have only two minutes and 30 seconds left in the show, but I had a really interesting aha moment when you said the word homemaker mm-hmm. because that actually carried some negative vibes. And it's like, that why that? Isn't that terrible? Right. I mean, it's like, why are our lives become so mechanicalized? Homemaker is uh, like a who? Can you imagine a better, <laughs> I mean, a more noble pursuit than seriously making a home? I mean, I don't just. It, I think it's it's because it's associated with women and and repression, maybe. But if you take the term itself, oh my God, you're creating a home. Everyone how about, wants a how home. about I'm a life maker and, that, and I'm living a life with friends and people I love and autumns I love and I'm nourishing this really living world and and the water's clean and the soil's vibrant. And not not to mention and, in, in 2019, can, I know plenty of homemakers that uh, like go to the bathroom standing up. So like the the roles oh, have changed right. completely. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! You get, exactly, and so that we don't get locked into those gender, gender roles. roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's sort of like how do we break free from our conditioning, right? That's yeah. what we're mm-hmm. talking about. It is. It, it it absolutely is, and it's and it's nobility. It's about you know. I mean, it's because it's because everyone is so focused on like outcomes of some kind of financial benefit that the the those who really create experience are so undervalued. Breaks my heart. The Kuiperine is great, by the way. Yeah. Two. So let's okay again the drink and the- uh, it's a dill caprino. So two ounces uh, uh, game layo dill, uh, three qu- three quarters ounce uh, lime, or you can do a fresh lime uh, halved, and then uh, one ounce of uh, properly brick sugar and some orange bitters and love. And love. And love. And love. Oh, we need more Beatles movies. All, all we need, need is love. All, all we need is love. <laughs> and so – and then I'm going to be a little bit on your segment just a few minutes talking about the gooseberry uh, wine. And so mm-hmm. to make to make gooseberry wines, you just plant some gooseberry bushes. And again, people – it's not hard. It's like what's harder in a person's yard? Uh, taking care of a tree or taking care of grass? Uh, the tree actually kind of takes care of itself. So you put some <laughs> – trees down, some big tall hazelnut trees and you plant them with some bushes like some gooseberries or some blueberries whatever resonates, whatever you feel works with your soil, it's for specific and then if you want you can pick them you mix them with some sugar and some yeast and you get alcohol <laughs> please, please watch the uh, Facebook stream of this because their hand gestures were amazing <laughs> <laughs> anyhow we've been listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, Dan Newkirk and um, Gregory Rich Habitation, have an awesome day